What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. This is the motherfucking Fight Club. And first of all, Fight Clubs, go down, like, and subscribe, and drop a comment of your review of UFC 282. And the second rule of the Fight Clubs, if you didn't do any of that, to go fuck yourself. But stay for the video and enjoy the show. This is Paul, pick him, win him, Concha, and I'm joined with. Hey, man, you already know. It's your boy, Kev. Water boy, Savoy, a.k.a. the Street Fight Enthusiast. You feel me, man? And the motherfucker that fell asleep on a live stream. No. It was tragic. The boys was talking about, I said, hey, man, I think your man's sleeping. So I was like, oh, no, KK, we got to get you out of here. Someone <laughs> yeah. had to call the bouncer, bro. They had to yeah. get you. But no cap, man. Make sure you go check out that comedian Romeo Mac. That was a fun live stream. We was on that bitch with um, I want to say his name was like Space Fighter. Bro, was, the bro was funny. Oh shit. Well, I'm gonna ask you your comments. You gotta start from the top and work our way down. Your two eighty two was kind of top heavy this week on controversy. Main event ending in a draw. I'm gonna say it. That boy Yiri defended his belt without even having the fight. He's uh, no one walked away with his belt after this fight. Oh man, that shit was funny, man. Just to think about the fact that, like, I fell asleep for this fight, but when I when I re- when I repeat repeat everything and listen to Dana talk about it, it could have went either way. Like motherfucking, what do you think? What did you see happen? I thought I thought Megalomet. I took Don Yon to win by decision plus six hundred. I put that out to the uh, on the on the page for anyone that wanted to follow. And I I didn't think he won until I heard it was a, a fucking, like, first judge says, Yon won 48-47. And then Megalomed, second judge, Megalomed wins 46-48. And now I'm at the edge of my seat, like, oh, fuck. Like, maybe I just got gifted a decision. Maybe the U.S. Like, because I always get hold by a robbery by judges. So I'm going to sit here like, oh, if finally the universe is going to give me one. Plus 600 odds, give it to me. And then it ends in a fucking tie. And mm. I, I'm gonna be unbiased. I didn't think Yon won, so that's why I was happy. Like, well, maybe I got gifted the decision. I, I felt like he came out kind of strong. There were some moments, but then when Megalomed stopped trying to engage after the third round, fourth and fifth round, he started shooting takedowns and was 11 minute control time. It was, it was just like, oh, like, yeah, Yon had some big shots and did some damage early, but the whole fight, Megalomed won. I think Megalomed had um, second half of the fight controlled it. The first two rounds, I think, are the only two rounds I could actually give to Yon. But three, four, and five, I think Megalomed won. And it, and it wasn't like the third round maybe close, but I don't think it was that close. But it was another one where it was like, shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've never seen a draw live, and I've never seen a draw for a faking title where no one walks out with the title before. I don't know if that ever happened. That's what's crazy about it. They said it's happened five. Well, I don't know about the vacant time, but the fact is, only the five championship fights have ended in draws before. And they always run it back, too. But they said, fuck that. But no, nah, it was crazy just hearing the, um, everybody's side for it. Because I was up for the first two rounds, and I thought Yon was looking good. And he um was getting his shots in, but I definitely missed the third, fourth, and fifth. But it seemed that Megamath took it over and just really showed, what, showed how dominant his wrestling is. But hey, man. It wasn't enough to get the. It wasn't enough to get the whole W, man. I think what the icing on the cake though was when interviewed, Yon said, "I didn't win. Give that man his title." Oh wow! And Megalomed, he he said like uh, they had the translator, of course, but Megalomed was saying, "UFC, where's my title? 
I won this fight. Where is my title? That's what his post-fight interview was in the octagon. Like, where is my title? I went, And then when Jan was like, raised the other guy's hand, raised Megalomed's hand, and, was, and then got the mic and was like, yeah, that man won. That should, um, I, but then Jan came out today and was like, re-watching the fight, I think it was a draw. I don't think I lost, and I don't think I won either. So, I mean, maybe in a spur of the moment, took too many headshots and wasn't thinking clearly. But I don't know. It's usually a tall tale sign if the other fighter thinks the other guy won. The other guy probably fucking won. Yeah, now he's not, now he definitely not going to get in the mix. But, hey, man, that's how that fight went down. They say um Dana hated the fight. Dana said he was having a great – Dana literally said, I liked all the fights this year except for that last one. But um, <laughs> I was like, that's fucked up. But yeah, Dana hated the fight from point blank, and then that's kind of the mindset that people are becoming with. You can't think that you're up. But if we're talking, so now that that now that the title's still up, Dana said at the interview at the post fight conference, the next motherfucking like thirty minutes later, they said everybody was bummed out in the green room after that last fight. But then somebody said, "Huh, we could do Glover versus Jamal in Brazil." Book that motherfucker. So now we got the motherfucking. Then vacant, the still vacant light heavyweight championship, being being a um fight going championship fight going to Brazil for Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill, man. How do you feel? Uh, I I like it for Glover because I felt like Glover got hoed that they told him if you want to fight for a vacant title, you have to fight Megalomed a week of the fight, and then he said no, let me fight for it in Brazil, and he said nah. And I'm like, you do not treat a former champion like that. Like he kind of, you should give him a little bit more to say, a little bit more room. But I kind of like the universe worked out for him. I'm playing the long game, and I, I one of the thing I will say, Jamal Hill is the betting favorite, minus one forty to, uh, or minus one sixty to Glover's plus one forty. Go hammer that plus one forty money line because once that fight hits the mat. Jamal Jamal Hill is gonna get submitted. There's he was getting taken down by Tiago Santos. Like there's no way Jamal Hill is gonna be able to, to be able to stop Glover Texera on the ground. Hey, so I was watching a DC and RC podcast, and they was like, "Damn, bro. I feel like everybody was okay with this fight except for Paul Craig. Paul Craig's the only person that um only person to beat Ankaliyev, and Paul Craig's beating Jamal Hill. They was like, "What? Huh? Like Paul Both Craig by submission too." Uh, Paul Craigson is just like, what the fuck? Where am I at? But Anthony Smith, though, he was supposed to fight Jamal Hill on March. That was his next opponent. Um, it was supposed to, like, it was all, I think the paperwork was done. Next opponent, March fight, Jamal Hill, Anthony Smith. And then Anthony Smith is working the broadcast table when the news breaks. And they, that's crazy. And his and he 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 answered respectfully and whatever like he took. But even John Anik was like, "I'm gonna give all my props to you right now, Anthony Smith. You're hearing this news live next to us, and you're not saying anything. Like you're this is your uh, to show your professionalism. I was like, and this is the biggest thing. That was Saturday, and here we are Tuesday. Breaking news is Jamal Hill. Who's gonna help him in camp? Anthony Smith. So Anthony Smith went from fighting Jamal Hill in March to now his opponent's going to be fighting for the belt in January, and now he's going to be helping him for the fight against Glover. Wow. <laughs> Did I see that coming? Yeah, I, it, was a crazy, it was a crazy turn of events. I Shout out Anthony Smith, but Anthony Smith got his ass beat by Glover, so I don't know how much he's going to help for real. I'm crying. But, hey, man, I think it's good for Glover, man. Glover... 
Glover being an underdog is insane. I think Vegas is probably gonna have to, gonna have to fix that before the um, fight comes. So if you got that, if you got a chance to go hit that, go hit that right now because Glover was winning his fight against Yuri. He was, he just got he gave up his neck. He's tired. So I don't know if age is playing into a factor or and the fact that Glover's literally been training because he was expecting to, to get the title back in December to fight for the title in December. So he's in shape right now. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what made him think this. Bro. Hill's got the power to land a shot here or there to knock him out early. But this is a five-round fight. And I don't think Glover's smart enough to know that his his strength is going to be on the mat. Nah, for real, for real. So yeah, I'm taking motherfucker. But we'll talk. We'll take. We'll make predictions when we get to that. Bit. But on to the next fight, man. You trying to talk your homie Patty, man? Bro, that was robbery if I've ever seen it. Oh my god! So I was watching. So I was definitely awake for this fight. Me and all of us were watching this fight. Like, damn, Patty's getting fucked up. Don't get me wrong. He did. Um, he definitely tried to get some shots in, but Jordan. Um. Jared Gordon was a fucking boss. Like he really was going in that motherfucker. He Haymakers too. He was in his ass. But Dana said, but it's but I'm actually gonna wait to get into the judges' scorecard. So he was fucking him up for the first round, and then that third round, they said that all they did was just stay on the motherfucking cage all day. How do you feel about Dana White saying that? See, that to me flashbacks to younger Dana, because when Dana was when UFC was fresh in two thousand and stuff, he used to talk shit about the wrestlers and the submission artists. But then as it grown and his knowledge of the fighting has grown, he's like respected the uh, wrestlers and BJJ people. Like he realizes there's more to fighting than just knocking people out and throwing hands. So for him to make that comment, I thought that was like kind of like, bro, like did you just take 10 steps back? Like, okay, you, you don't like that they're on the cage? Well, how about Patty don't allow him to put his ass on the cage? How about Patty reverse him and put him on the cage? No, okay, even if he wasn't on top of him, it was a control. He was controlling him in the clinch, putting him where he wants to hit him. Uh, like, like, yeah, you can say not all the damage is going on, but I didn't feel like Patty was doing damage for three rounds to, to have him win an, an unanimous decision, like two to one on everyone's scorecard. I felt like Gordon had more damage done early in the fight, and as it went on, as they're getting tired, Gordon was still controlling the fight. There was no point in this fight where I felt like Patty was like winning the fight. See, now you, you played into my trap card, right? So I did some research. So I agree, Jared Gordon won that fight. Jared Gordon agrees, Jared Gordon won that fight. Ryan Clark in DC agrees, Jared Gordon. So we can go on and on. And this is long. I've never seen UFC community Twitter all cohesively agree that one person won a fight. I've never seen it, even in the worst robberies. And it was crazy because that's a fan favorite. That's a scouser. Even watching Izzy and um watching the Israel Adesanya reaction video, they were shocked Jared Gordon lost the fight. So I I did I did some research, right? And I found out one of the judges that the judge one of the judges is fucking hilarious. He gave Patty the first two rounds. His name is Doug Cross. Um he gave Patty the first yeah, two rounds. Yeah, I know rounds. this Douglas Cross motherfucker. And then motherfucking gave Jordan a gave Jared Gordon the third round. It's like wouldn't that be different? Wouldn't it be backwards? But oh yeah, Errol the Hawani and the boys think Jared Gordon won the fight. But motherfucking um I went to go think I was like, yo, controversial Doug. I remember making that joke on the podcast. What other fight did he um did he um did he um rep? Did he judge? And then I did some research. He was the one that did the Josh and the Calvin Cater fight. 
the so, other so you going even further he did that card this and then he was at the bellator card less than 24 hours prior and he judged the main event two judges decided one person won at like 49 46 four to one he gave the loser all five rounds a wow. 50 to 40 and it's the only time in MMA history, Bellator and UFC history, that a judge has awarded the loser all five rounds in a fight or something like that. Like, it does never happened before. So it's like, and these judges are, un, they're not accountable. Like, there's not going to be no uh, six-month ban like it is for, like, a fighter that tests positive. There's not going to be no um, financial money taken away from this person. It's just like, okay. Well, you're going to be judging on March 10th uh, next year. Well, I'll see you then. Like, that's literally that's, how it goes. That's crazy. I might have heard. I don't know, but I heard the words investigation of the day and thrown out there. I'm going to watch some Charles Sunday tonight. You know, he's going to let me know. A whole bunch of UFC fighters are coming out saying that he that these judges need to be held accountable. Because if you even break it down, they could be going to court. Because think about how much you make versus winning versus losing in fights. And now you're taking money from people. Like, like if, if it gets big enough, like, if you someone really can pull up, like, track records of someone being a shoddy judge, like, over 10 years spans, like, that's a lot of – that's millions of dollars that you took out of certain fighters' pockets because you – I'm not going to say you took a bribe, but, like, what else is there that's going on? Do people have information on you? Do you not like a certain fighter? Like, I don't know, because some of these judging scorecards are so outrageous. It's just, like, there's no way you saw the same fight we saw. And I'm not saying the Patty and Jordan Gordon fight is one of them, but to give a loser to have the other two judges gave four rounds to, all five rounds, like, what the fuck were you watching? Right. And it's tough because you can't judge damage. Like, you can't, it's, this is a tough sport to judge in the first place. And they're doing whatever, the UFC is doing whatever they can, but at the end of the day, who knows? But this just shows, but this fight showed that, like, Patty definitely has a ceiling. Um, He's, no, I don't think a lot of people ever felt like he was going to be UFC champion, but his brand speaks to it, speaks to as if he would do something like that. But I heard the best, the best thing I've ever, best um, description I've ever heard of Patty is that he's Conor McGregor without the left hand. Like, even at the press conference when him and um, Illu was going back and forth, he was talking about, so you'll do nothing, you'll do nothing. And that's famous Conor McGregor right there. You'll do nothing. That's famous Conor McGregor from um, Ultimate Fighter. I'm not saying he did that on purpose. Maybe that's how they, they really just say that. But it's just like his brand is going to speak for him, but like he'll never be like that dude for like it's going to be tough to even break into the top 10. In my that's opinion. what I'm literally about to ask. I'm like, what lightweight so deep? What better is he going to be able to beat to be able to like have him on there even go? Because Dana wants him to fight for a title. That Dana White wants this man fighting for a title tomorrow if he could for all the money he could make off of him. But who's he gonna who's he gonna be able to beat in the top ten at lightweight? That's really gonna like I don't know. Like there's like it's too deep of the vision for I think the hype job is eventually because even the the real MMA fans they're not fucking with Patty after this dub. A lot yeah. of casuals still fuck with him. They love Patty. Barstool Sports fucking fucks with him heavy. But there's gonna become a moment where he like I don't think he's gonna become champion. But he he can only get so many non ranked opponents. Right now, like there's gonna become a time where he's gonna take that step up and it's gonna show, I think, real bad. Even I Terrence think, McKinney's unranked. I think Terrence McKinney would kind of wreck him. Yeah, they, I was, I actually just heard that name on um, DCRC. They said Terrence McKinney and the boys would really want to tear him up. 
So I think it just comes down to they're trying to book Edwards Usman at the O2 in um, London. They put him on the undercard. Usman's done. Usman can't fight. They uh, that they're trying to put Jorge Masvidal. Really? And if Jorge Masvidal ends up with the title shot against Leon Edwards, I may have. I I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna stop watching UFC, but bro, that's gonna be tough to swallow. That's gonna be one hell of a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that's tragic. What have you done? That is really Dana White just smacking a whole bunch of fighters in the face. Like, oh, I, well, Jorge's going to do more numbers for me. I don't care if you are, are a better fighter or better win streak. It's a, you're looking at – he's training more like a business than actual fighting. And I feel like the fighters themselves aren't going to fuck with that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting 2023. That's cool. Muhammad has a right to a title shot. Kobe Covington. I mean, now that uh, Usman's no longer holding the belt, Hans fought. Uh, fuck, I would even take a Gilbert Burns off his loss to Hansop before I get a Jorge Mazda on there. That's, that's crazy. Oh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, 2023. But, hey, man, what fight do you want to talk to next? Because, like... Uh, the Prozimbo fight wasn't nothing crazy. It was... Morano was really? I felt like it was a good fight, but Morano was winning the fight until the knockout came, I felt like. Morano was probably going to walk away with the win. He had a knockdown earlier in the fight. He was doing the heavier damage. Prozimbo was getting the volume strikes in, but then Prozimbo caught him with one mounted him and then like this punch and TKO just got the um just kept punching until the fight was over. I thought this fight was pretty interesting just because of that dynamic. Just because this was one of the fights that um Morano got a fight bonus even though he lost. That was um I want to say they gave him fight of the night. But the fact that Prozimbo went in that bit his corner told him like yo but you lost the first two rounds. And remember Morano picked this fight up on short notice. Couple, so, that's why it was catchweight. He couldn't make the weight. He said, hey, if you can meet me at 180, though, I'll fight you. So I'm just looking like, oh, this is a fucking brawl. And them boys were really putting, them boys were really going back and forth with it. So, like, oh, man, I like this fight. I'm not going to lie to you. It was fun watching this fight and seeing Prezimbo because he was thinking, like, oh, damn. Prezimbo really took that bitch. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a good fight. It's just with the other fights and the controversy with them. This one kind of got swept under the rug for me. I respect it. Then uh, the one before it, though, Darren Till looked terrible. He ends up getting beat by Duplessis, neck crank. And, I mean, Darren Till looked good in the second round whenever Duplessis was exhausted. After that first – the first round, Duplessis just beat the crap out of him, mounted him, patrolled him, wouldn't let him up, doing damage. And then Darren Till, fresh leg, second round, was connecting, kind of laughing here and there, looking good. But then Duplessis, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't knock him out. So then when Duplessis got his breath back for that third round, it was that was over for him, I felt like. And Duplessis took care of it, got the neck crank, submitted him. And I think some stats said that he only had, like, less than 30 seconds of control time his whole UFC career. And he ends this fight with, like, five and a half minutes. I'm fucking crying. I mean, I think Duplessis, and largely this fight was fun to watch because Duplessis came in there fucking him up, and you could have thought, like, uh, they could have, like, it would have been close to stop the fight on that, um, on those, on those. Oh, he was just punching, <laughs> it was punching him up. But Darren Till's over here telling the ref, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm straight, I'm Gucci, I'm good. And then the fact that in the second round, you see Duplessis was, du- oh, wait, it's Duplessis, the S is silence. But, um, to see DPP do his thing, do his, um, um, Darren Till just come back on him in the second round and just kind of work, work, work. I thought it was like, damn, this is going to be another Wonder Boy situation. Fuck. 
But um, I think DPP just used um brute strength. Like they were saying that he was using PBS, pure brute strength, the whole fight. Like, and then that's what won him in the end. I think it was a good win for him. And on his record, it says, "Yo, I beat Darren Till," because he's talking about some. Yeah, I beat Darren Till. I'm trying to. I'm in the top ten now. I'm trying to do bigger. Yeah, and better. Darren Till was, I think, holding the ten spot or eleven spot. So he was he was holding that spot hostage. But like, I don't think. And then now that, and then you want to push them, especially since they want to do UFC Africa. But I don't think that's the dude right there. I'm not gonna lie to you. No, that, that he's a fun fighter. He's very, like, he throws everything at a hundred percent. And that's why I thought Darren Till was going to be able to take care of him because he's more calculated. But Duplass just showed it. Like, there's a will, there's a way. Like, he he, he throws everything 120%, and that's what makes it exciting. But I, once he hits these five-round fights, I think there's going to be some issues in his uh, camps. Oh, uh, yeah. Darren Till, though, apparently he said that he had, like, a torn a torn ACL before the fight. And then, like, um, he told Buffer that at the end of the fight, and Buffer's like, do you want me to tell them? And he was like, no, don't tell them. And people were like, so why the fuck do you tell Bruce Buffer that? Like, And Bruce, and people were like, Bruce Buffer was like, do you want me to tell somebody that gives a fuck? Because I don't give a fuck. Like, I just go ask somebody. Like, what are you telling me that shit for? I'm not the announcer. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay, but Darren, too, I mean, it hasn't been the same. I mean, he still looks about what we thought he was going to be. Yeah. Then to the people's main event, you took Bryce, I took Taporia, and boy was Taporia notorious. I get Taporia haymakers. Then and just to cap it all off, submits him. He said, "All right, I've I've knocked you down once. I've fucking tore you up a whole bunch of times. I stuffed eight of your takedowns. You only got one takedown on me, and now I'm just gonna choke you out with an arm triangle and like immediately as fuck. As soon as he dropped on top of him, locked it in." Choke him out, fight over. Right, Taporia is nice. I'm not gonna lie to you because it's one thing to do to do what he did, but to do that against Bryce Mitchell, a very up young up and coming prospect, but pretty much undefeated until then. Yeah, and uh, I think Mitchell was like ranked 11 or something, or ranked. So he took that rank. He, give me that, and not only took the rank, but I think he just put the whole featherweight people on notice, like. Because before coming to the UFC, it was like seven straight submissions. And he comes into the UFC and he shows people, oh, I can, I have fireworks for hands. And just taking people's soul out of them. So now it's like this new generation of uh, MMA artists that are coming out. They're so dangerous to me because early years was like, okay, I'm a BJJ fighter. That's all I do. I'm a boxer or I'm a kickboxer. That's all I do. And then they kind of molded a little bit more with GSP and some other fighters that could do a little bit of both, and they, they were once good at one thing, trained in another thing, in the UFC, got good at it. These motherfuckers are training two or three different fighting styles since, like, JITS. So they're not, like, learning new fighting styles after joining the UFC or trying to get... They're trained high levels at all of these fighting styles before they even get into the UFC, and that's what I think makes them so dangerous, right? Like, these new-gen fighters are literally just something else. Yeah, like the days of like the, in Israel Adesanya who can be this great kickboxer and just have great takedown defense, like that's gonna be tough when you're going against somebody that can really fight four different styles. On yeah, at the high level at each, like Tapuria showed, like his boxing is crisp, so crisp. And then if you want, if you want to shoot takedowns, he can do that too. Like I think in the next ten years, it's gonna be the new gen style fighters taking over, or or your Russian. 
and you got Sambo in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but Bryce, man, I, I'm not even gonna put his hat on, bro. I can't do it. But hopefully he gets someone better because Tapori just seemed he seemed like a different class. He he just seemed like a different class of fighter. Nah, he looked fucking. I mean, Bryce did what he what he could. He tried. He just realized I don't want him punch with this motherfucker. So let me try to take him down and Tapori stuff everything. Like he got one, but like. Oh, and, and Patty Bear talked to him nicely, bro. That's all I'm gonna say. Patty Bear <laughs> not be trying to disrespect the Poirier no more. Oh, I'm gonna lock y'all two in a room, and I know who's coming out. <laughs> that's the next fight, boy. Oh my god. Well, they're two different weight classes. He's featherweight and Patty's lightweight, but I don't know, bro. But the Poirier showed me, even my motherfucker might go up to lightweight just to handle Patty to go right back down. I would, because that's money right there, especially if you got to go up. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a, that boy a demon. And then the youngest demon on the UFC, Raul Rosas Jr. took care of business, won uh, first round within two and a half minutes, the neck crank submission, and, like, boy, just controlled him. <laughs> just picking him up, slamming him, getting in his back, fucking – He's legit. Like, I, I wasn't fucking with him so much because he was talking a lot of shit before the fight, but then I realized I didn't know Jay Parent was also talking shit. So then I was like, oh, okay, I, I'm okay with you talking shit. And then we, he definitely backed it up. Nah, fuck that boy. Oh, but he's a young talent, man. I was listening to his interview on Aaron Hawani, man. Motherfucker, niggas stopped going to school, like, maybe, like, three, four years ago. They just took this shit 100% serious, and his people and his parents believed in him. And then it was wrong when he said, um, Shit, he could probably beat his daddy up. What, what was his dad gonna say? He's coming home, fucking looking at him. He's like, I'm fucking MMA fighter now. Okay, nah, cool. I'm mad. I missed this fight, even though I was looking forward to it. And I was mad because I was motherfucking this late. I was this late because I was getting food and shit before the motherfucking fights. And then I, what I thought was gangster was then Raul and Jay, they tried to like hug or whatever. But then I guess Jay said, like, Jay didn't want to hug. And he said something, whatever. So then Raul, after trying to hug him, just stands in front of him and just flicks him off. And then, uh-huh. I was like, oh, shit. I feel like I, I fuck with this boy a little bit more. But, yeah, no, another Bantamweight killer. So deep a division. And I just hope, because there was another fighter that was Nate something, name, but he was a, he, he literally looked like a Ken Barbie doll. And he was only, like, 20 years old. And he was an MMA fighter. And he was marketable because he looked blonde hair, blue eye. Ken Barbie got look and it was selling and then they rushed him. They rushed him way too quick and then that shit dude, oh, this died. So like hopefully they don't try to rush Raul Roses Jr. Let him get his feet underneath him fight some people along the way. He thinks he's ready for it. That boy said if he is able to give him a bulk right now, fuck it. Yeah, no, I did see that. And he said he wanted Aljo and then Aljo said, fuck it. That's, I'll make that fight next on Twitter. I don't think he's ready for Aljo. But hey, that boy got a dream. Oh man, I'm capping. I'm capping. He's not doing that. But why do I keep thinking that? Um, that's that. He did say Aljo. You know, someone said they they could fight Volk. I can't remember who that was, but I remember that person also lost. And I was like, what a silly comment to make right before you lose. Uh, but not two eighty two was. Lit. Oh, that was Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell said you could put him in a cage with Volk, and right now he would win. That's what I was like. I had. I was like, I know it's the same car because I heard that shit on the street. Yeah, that shit was that shit was crazy, but hey, man, that's that's life out here. But it was a great card, man. Like I thought I'd be. They did a lot of fucking finishes. Dana was in a good mood. He said he gave everybody that made it. I don't know, a finisher bonus and more on a got on fifty. So there's a lot of checks that got cashed. 
10 straight finishes before the co-main event. And uh, the only things that ended in decision were the main events. Everything else was a finish. Then our quickest finish on the day is literally our next fight. First round, 23 seconds into it. That boy, Jazine Rosenstrike, took the soul out of Dawkins. This, I mean, he's, I, I think this is another pick. You took Dawkins, but you you didn't really want to pick Dawkins. But I was trying to tell you, but Dawkins does not look like someone who should be in the UFC right now. Like he and Rosenstrike just literally took the trash out. <laughs> Obliteration, kid. 26 seconds, was it? 23 seconds is all it took. Wow. I just need to see Rose strike back fight the top. I guess there's a class the doctors is no way to do None. I mean, you made you made a blades look like a boxer. Then you got in this ring with someone who can actually box. And I just whoever his manager was, the, the, you're making terrible choices. And then our last oh, oh second to last part. I'm gonna hit on one more. But our last fight before that one is Chris Curtis beating Joquan Buckley. I took Curtis as the dog. I even said put out plus 145 money line. That's one of my bets I took. It cashed. And I thought Buckley was winning the fight. Buckley, I thought, was looking like the better. It was good rounds, but Buckley was winning them. But Chris Curtis hit his ass with that one shot, dropped him, got on top of him, and and Buckley was trying to get back up. And one hammer fist, and then you saw, like, Buckley, like, getting knocked out. Like, you know, hands up at that point. Fight over. Chris Curtis, the action took care of business. This shit was insane. They said that um, Chris, I was watching the Chris Curtis interview on Aaron Hwani and motherfucking, he, um, they said that he knocked him out when he, with that hit that dropped him. And then he hit him and then he was like, oh, he's out. Bro, woke up, tried to get up, hit him again and and now they're just looking at the ref like. He knocked um, him out, got on top. He was like, motherfucker, you waking back up? <laughs> Put his head back down. That shit is insane. I didn't know how old Chris Curtis was. He's like in his 30s. Yeah, he got some years in. He's fought a few fights in the UFC. Well, yeah, it was a good fight, man. Shout out to them boys for winning. But damn, I really thought my dog Joe Kwan. I'm mad because this is when I was supposed to hop on the podcast. But motherfucker, the live stream with the food was taking forever. That's what happened. He needed you, Kev. They needed me. I would have been that bitch. I got you, man. You think he would have won if it went to decision? Oh no! Don't, that's that second round would have been Chris Curtis's round. It would have been depending on how that third round because the second because once that knockdown, even if he got back up, that second round would have went to Curtis, and it, it depends on because I think he won the first, and if he would have won the third, he probably would have won. All right, that was a bad question. Everybody's know you don't let that big of a decision. Oh, then uh, our last fight. Only reason we didn't talk it on the preview, I didn't say it was gonna be a good fight, but I gotta talk it because Tampa owned. Billy Quarantino getting the dub and looked fucking great while doing it. Whooped Aaron Hernandez's ass. Got the second round KO. Doubled his significant strikes. Doubled his head shots. Tripled the body shots. I mean, he looked pretty damn good. And, uh, I mean, I'm only giving him a shout-out because Tampa's very own. Trains at South Tampa Gracie right up the street from me. That boy, he's putting on. There's a, there's only like two good UFC fighters in UFC. I mean, in, in the out of Tampa, he's one of them. That's fine. That's fine as fuck. Yeah, I know where to go train at. Yeah, I might have to go pop in because another one that trains also is uh, South Tampa Gracie, and it's Matt Steamroller for Bola. There you go. We got some hitters out in Tampa now. Yeah, we've done our now. We, hey, Danny, need listen. Bring a show. Bring them boys with you. But they bring a show to Tampa. I mean, 
I need us to get those tickets the second they draw. I don't care, motherfucking. Amelia Arena holds enough people too. They could definitely do it there. And it could be a pay per view. Come on, man. Stop playing with us, Dana. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like you, Jorge Masvidal could be the fucking co-main event. I wouldn't give a fuck just because of the Miami <laughs> ties. Kobe Covington could be the motherfucking main event. I'm fucking up. What, oh. what if it's what if it's Hazmat? Hazmat meets Hazmat meets Florida. Oh, it invades Florida. That boy be getting lit at Prana. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, UFC, UFC 282 was lit. Hey, there's a lot of controversy in this bitch. And we'll see how people move accordingly. Hey, look forward to motherfucking UFC 283, Glover versus Jamal Hill. I can't wait to see who else they put on that. Oh, um, and um, Figueroa and um, Moreno's on that card, isn't it? Yep, that got announced for sure it's going to happen. So, yeah, that's going to be a great fucking card. So, we'll see what goes down, man. But stay tuned, man. We got the motherfucking preview. We got Cannoneer fighting this weekend. So, you know it's going to be. We got Sean Strickland. Make sure you go peep the motherfucking boxing recaps because it was a great motherfucking week of fights. That boy, anyway, fought. And you know every time anyway fights, it's a big it's a big event. But, hey, man, if you didn't know, we don't mind telling you again. This has been a totally good fight club MMA style. You feel me, man? I'm your boy Kev Water, boy Savoy, three fights, three fight enthusiasts. That's your boy Paul Pickham winning concert, aka the junk gambler, man. And this is the Totally Blitz Podcast. And if you didn't know, tell Patty I said I'm a scouser, but you might have got fucked up, man. I got a problem with the problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools. You can call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your passes. This ain't not new. Man, suck it. Let him in. Passing out the medicines. We've been on that rock star regimen. Knowing that I'm heaven sent. Higher than I ever been.